Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 176, the second to last, I think, uh, episode of the uh, In Squash podcast for the 2020. Uh, I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. And before we get started today on uh, this podcast, 176, I just want to say what a way to end the uh, the year uh, on the Pro Tour. We just had, uh, obviously, a Sarah Jane Perry winning uh, the women's version of the Black Ball about a week and a half ago. And then uh, just two days ago, um, Ferris D'Souza. Uh, really played I mean just some of the best squash I've, re- I've, I've seen in a long long time throughout the tournament and coming from two left down to beat the world number one Ali Farag it was a, an incredible match and an incredible feat for a guy that a lot of people wrote off after what happened uh, in Qatar against Paul Cole when he pretty much uh, not sure what happened to him mentally there but uh, he he lost uh, three love in the last two games he got baggled uh, 11 love 11 love so uh, for him to come back and to perform like this and to uh, to play the way he did under such you know under pressure uh, to keep cool calm and collected and stick to his game plan not to get rattled by uh, poor decisions that he might have thought were poor decisions and just to get on with it and deal with it the way he did. Uh, it was really impressive, so congratulations uh, to Ferris. And it was, uh, like I said, uh, some of the best squash that I've, I've seen in a long time. He plays, he attacks so well, and he moves so well, and, uh, and he creates his opportunities really well and takes them. And uh, that was really the, uh, the reason why he won that match. He stuck to that game plan. And there, right at the end, uh, uh, when it was pretty tight there in the fifth game, he stuck to it and it paid off for him. There were a couple of decisions that went against him at that time, but he didn't, uh, it, he didn't flinch. He just stick, uh, stuck to the plan. And there we have it, uh, the world number nine defeating the world number one in the final of the Black Bowl. Ali played pretty well, but I, I think he got a little too, uh, maybe a bit too conservative. And also he uh, he seemed to tire there at the end. He looked a little bit tired. You would have thought uh, Ferris, having uh, you know spent uh, a lot of energy in the previous matches, would have been the one who would have uh, fallen off a bit in the fifth, but he didn't. A great match, a great way to end. Again, congratulations to uh, Ferris for a fantastic uh, victory there. Now today on episode 176 we have Haley Mendez. Uh, she too played in the black ball, the women's version of that event. Uh, she lost in the first round 3-1 to uh, uh, Shaheen, uh, Nadine Shaheen I believe it was and uh, she played uh, pretty good uh, first couple of games there and then perhaps she just fell off the pace a bit as well. Um, at any rate we have a great chat. Uh, she's currently uh, close to 40 in the world right now, I think 41 in the world. Uh, she's one of the uh, the several very strong women coming out of uh, the United States right now. In fact, uh, back in 2011, she was a member of the U.S. junior team that finished second at the World Team Championships, losing out to Egypt in the final. And uh, we have a great chat. We talk about uh, you know, her squash backstory growing up at and playing her squash at the iconic uh, Heights Casino in Brooklyn, uh, New York, and that's where she grew up, and that's where she she played her squash. I remember Heights Casino, and I talk about it uh, with Haley. That uh, came to my attention. That was where uh, JP Jonathan Power won his first big pro event, uh, the Tournament of Champions. It was held there, I think, for the 
that was the last time it might have been held at the Heights Casino, if memory serves. But uh, anyways, he won that event, and uh, that's sort of where Heights Casino came to my attention. And that's apparently... Uh, yeah, where Haley uh, grew up playing her, her squash. Uh, she grew up there. Uh, her family's from Brooklyn, uh, grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, then she went on to Harvard and played uh, uh, under Mike Way for four years. And she talks about uh, what an experience that was, uh, playing under him and what she learned from that. And then uh, taking her talents to the pro tour. She could have done a lot with a Harvard uh, uh, degree, but uh, she decided to take uh, Pro squash up, and we talk about what it's been like for her on the pro tour. She's had some good wins, and she's there stuck in a spot right now where there are a lot of good players, a lot of talented players. So uh, it's an exciting times, I would say, for her. You know, just uh, going forward, what can be achieved. She's seen some of her teammates and some of her, uh, you know, partners, that uh, people that she's played a lot against uh, in varsity move up into the top 30, into the top 20. The likes of Holly Naughton. Uh, her U.S. teammates, Sabrina uh, Sobe, uh, Danielle Letourneau, uh, and others. Uh, so she uh, definitely knows that she, what she has to do to get there. And uh, let's see over the next few years how that plays out. We also talk about uh, her uh, special uh, recent uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, with her uh, now fiance Nathan Lake, a guy that I really like uh, watching play, and we talk about their relationship, their squash, how uh, what happened on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, we talk a bit about Nathan's game as well. There's a lot here on this podcast with uh, Haley Mendez here on episode 176. Now, before we uh, get started, though, just want to shout out to uh, our sponsor, Active Scout. If you're going to grow the game, uh, you want to take a look at Active Scout, growing the game within your squash club, within your squash community. This is an app that will help you to achieve that. So check out Active Scout, uh, active without the e, scout.com. They have the app. Uh, if you want to grow the game within your club, ask your management to take a look at it and take a look at the website. We're thinking uh, that the first guest of 2021 will be uh, Active Scouts Rob Everhart, so he'll come on. And I know I've known Rob for a long time. He's been uh, at the helm there in Whistler, uh, the Whistler Ski Resort. He's what the main guy there in terms of their squash program. He's been running it and uh, you know dealing uh, doing. Uh, the squash program there for a long long time and uh, you know there, there's just that story in and of itself what a fantastic venue that is I spent uh, one year there so uh, I know we'll have plenty to talk about aside from Active Scout but uh, yes Active Scout is the sponsor for today's podcast so take a look at that uh, take a look at their website and see what it's all about it's all squash related so Active Scout A-C-T-I-V scout.com now without further ado episode 176 with Haley Mendez there we, there we go <laughs> that, was, that happened only this is my uh, you'll be episode 176 I think and okay. in 176 episodes it's happened uh, twice oh wow a full interview uh yeah uh, once with uh, Nick Sackfee yeah who I, uh, he, he very kindly uh, said, ah, no problem, let's do it again tomorrow. And, <laughs> and it was great. And then the other one uh, was with uh, Cameron Pilly, And we, we talked for like an hour and 40 minutes. Uh -oh. and at the end of it, <laughs> at the end of it, it was, oh, no. 
<laughs> so we have we haven't revisited that, but uh, hopefully one day we will. But uh, yeah, thankfully I got the, I caught that. There you go. Good. So excited! Uh, great to have you on now, uh, Haley. You're back in. Well, I get you're not you're American, but you're in the UK. Uh, I guess with um, with your fiance. Is that right? Uh, that's right. Yes. That's right. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, how was uh, you know your your black ball uh, experience? Uh, I know you played a number fifteen seed, Nadine uh, Nadine uh, Shaheen in the first round. Pretty tough. I mean, any any one you play in the first round of any of those big events, it's going to be either you know one of the top players in the world or someone really really good anyway. So, uh, yeah. how was that experience for you? Uh, I mean, all in all, it was a great experience. I feel lucky to be able to uh, compete and sort of sneak into these top tier tournaments. So I've, I've sort of been able to play every event this fall that's happened, which I feel very fortunate. Um, it was a little bit tricky because I got in off the reserve list a few days beforehand. So it was a bit uh, of a, a mad dash for me. Um, and who, uh, who was who pulled out there? Was it Nor? It was Yathra Adele pulled out last oh, minute. Okay. Yeah. Positive for, oh, no. for yeah. COVID in that sort of pre-bubble test. Um, and I was next in line. So, so very fortunate to get in, but I, I wasn't the most prepared that I could have been, particularly coming off the back of a, a second lockdown in the UK. Um, right. And I, I, it, it was just tricky. I did have access to courts and a gym and, and did my best, but with the mindset that I wasn't going to play anything until after Christmas, I was sort of not pushing myself uh, like I would had I known there was a tournament around the corner. But um, all things considered, I was happy with the performance. I came out strong. Um, mm. Yeah, I watched that match actually. I, I thought you, I thought yeah, you, you looked good in the first game there. Uh, she probably uh, just sort of flipped a, a little bit of a switch uh, in the second, third, and fourth. She's a talented young young player, anyway. So you knew you probably knew you were up against it, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was definitely nervous coming from a cold plaster, like hard backcourt in in England with no heater to a glass court in Cairo, Egypt. Basically, the two extremes of the spectrum and and she's based there plays on the court all the time and something I'm, I'm up against it but uh I mean all th all things considered I, I think I did myself proud um yeah. I think maybe I missed some opportunities a, a bit frustrating that I wasn't able to sort of um bring an intensity for all four games but um uh, the good news is I have I have a couple of months now <laughs> before the next event yeah. on the women's calendar to to sort it all out. Yeah, I can use that to to motivate you. I guess I guess uh, you know I mean you know better than I do, but uh, I would imagine that uh, it's those types of experiences. You know, the player players like Nadine, and then better players than her. They're the ones who, you know, they might lose a first game, but then they they buckle down. Or if they win the first game, they, they play harder and win the second and third. So I guess that comes with experience maybe, doesn't it? Winning those games and then knowing how to sort of parlay that into uh, winning the next game. 
Yeah, definitely. I think there's an experience factor. I think there's a confidence factor. Um, for example, she, she went and lost to Amanda Sobe the next day in 18 minutes. And, and she's much better than that. I just think she, she went in expecting to lose and you could just see, see that in her squash. And, and I wouldn't say I went into my match expecting to lose, but I didn't go in expecting to win. And I think there's a confidence that I need to bring to my game to sort of um, make that jump into the next level. Just, just truly believing that I can, can win all the way through, not just one or two games, but three, ideally in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, I mean, I was going to ask you this later, but now we're, I guess we're on to, onto that topic. I mean, you're ranked uh, 40 in the world, 41 in the world. And it's a pretty, you know, the, the women's game right now is just brimming with, uh, with a lot of really good players all the way down to, you know, 50, 60 in the world. So, I mean, uh, it's got to be exciting, but also it's got to be, you know, a lot of hard work uh, at the same time, doesn't it? Uh, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, you're at 40 in the world, but not too far off are a few girls that, uh, you know, you compete well against who are up in the 20s. Yeah, hugely. I mean, the, the women's game has has come on leaps and bounds in the last few years. And I think the level at the top is increasing and, and it's just sort of increasing all the way down it. And the depth is so much greater than it once was. So, um, it's great to see. Um, I'm, I'm sitting at 41, which is my highest ranking to date, which is great, but I've sort of been stuck in that 40 to 45 range for the last year, two years, maybe. And, and I'm, I'm desperate to, to sort of make, make the push and I'm losing some matches to players in the top 20 sort of three, one, three, two, very mm. close. And, and so I, I do feel that my, my break is just around the corner and, and I'm pushing towards that. And, and that's definitely a goal of mine. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm Canadian and I'm quite, you know, quite familiar, friend, friendly with, uh, with the girls from Canada. I, I know I've had uh, Samantha on a couple times, Danielle a few times, Holly a few times, and, uh, you know, pretty well how you know they, they've done quite well over the last little while but it wasn't that long ago where where they were where you are uh you know yeah, yeah exactly they've sort of had their breakthrough in the last year for sure um and and it's great to see but I, so I, I know it's possible I, I know I'm right there competing with them and it just sort of takes time and perseverance and I'm prepared to to put the work in, so it'll come. I'm sure it'll come. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, now, just speaking to uh, that, uh, the, the black ball experience that you had, uh, S.J. Perry obviously uh, surprised a lot of people. Uh, not not that she wasn't one of the. I wouldn't say she was a favorite, but she would have been a dark horse, I think, for you know before the event. Uh, but as it played out, she did win it. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, of her performance overall, obviously it was a good one, but uh, how surprised were you to see her or were you surprised uh, to see her win it? Um, Particularly in the final, I think she did phenomenally well to hang in there and, and push on 
mentally more than anything to be two games down. And I mean, the number of tins she hits is remarkable, but, <laughs> but on the flip side, <laughs> there, there must be an equal number of uh, winners and, and fantastic shots. It was like 10 on the fifth in that cross court backhand flick out of nowhere winner. I mean, so that's what yeah. she's capable of. And, uh, it's it's yeah, massively she's almost like uh, they're, they're, I, I, I think she's one of a kind in, in the women's game the way she plays uh, yeah I think it's maybe tricky for a spectator or someone that doesn't know the game as well to watch her play and see her style of play and really appreciate how good she is because you just sort of you look at the athleticism of someone like Hanya and, and you just don't see how how sj could keep up but um having been on court with her and been on the other end of it her ball placement is perfect almost every time she reads the game so well and mm-hmm. and then these shots she has the ability to play these shots out of nowhere with perfect touch and cut and spin on the ball and it's it's not nice to be on the other end of it so uh mm-hmm. i mean very very well deserved and and i'm not too surprised yeah, no, for sure. And Tanya, uh, as you were, you mentioned, I mean, she's also a special uh, talent as well. Uh, I just, I, I was really impressed with just the way she handles herself on court, her all-around game. She, she seems to have pretty much, you know, no weaknesses aside from maybe, you know, she's still young, if that's a weakness or not. Exactly. Maybe lack of experience in these big matches. Um, I think she's definitely going to learn from this, final um and and sort of not let that happen again it, it has to sting to be two of up in a gold platinum yeah. final and lose it but as you say she's she's very young and i have no doubt is going to be at the top of the game for years to come uh, yeah definitely now uh now Haley, i wouldn't mind uh, looking back at your uh, your squash uh, backstory if you don't mind because you, you've got quite an interesting one uh i remember back uh it was a nine was it 1997 it might have been or 96 uh, jonathan power won his first big uh pro event at the club that you grew up playing in the heights casino he won the tournament the champions uh, back yeah. there and I bought uh, that was like the first ever squash video I, I ever purchased. It was, it. <laughs> it was him and Craig Rowland in, in the final. But uh, you grew up playing in that uh, venue. So uh, tell us about those days. I mean, it must have been sort of a, a great place to grow up playing your squash because they uh, I mean, obviously, the venue is iconic, but uh, uh, they must have had quite a few very good uh, squash pros coming in and out of there as well. So. Uh, what was that like for you growing up playing uh, in Brooklyn of all places and at the Heights Casino? I mean, it was so special and, and Brooklyn and the Heights Casino are so special to me. And, and I'm really proud to sort of come from that program. Um, I really stumbled upon squash. My parents um, are from the Midwest. They moved to New York to start their careers um, with the intention to move back, um, but sort of planted roots. And, and before they knew it, I was sort of five. And, and you would see 
all of these kids in the neighborhood walking around in all whites and rackets and and they're wondering where are they going so, so you have to wear all white clothing at the casino even still um mm. and and so they they wondered oh what's going on here and, and they sort of stumbled upon the heist casino um and joined because it was the social thing to do in the neighborhood and they thought i'd play tennis because that's what they were familiar with um but the tennis classes were full. And, and so they said, go upstairs and try squash, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's how it happened. Um, I was nine when I started. Um, I remember my first day, actually, very clearly. It was a summer camp, and uh, Olivia Blashford was there. And she was already this, this phenom, like uh, yeah. under 11's national champion. She had a big and, name back then, didn't she? Oh, yeah, hugely. Like winning British Opens and, and Junior Opens and those things. And um, But she was the only other girl there. And so they put us on court together. And literally my first day, and they told her she had to play with her left hand to make it fair. <laughs> and, and I beat her, and she left crying. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. so I still uh, I still count that match in my uh, win column in against the win column, me. absolutely. Yeah. And we laugh about it now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so growing up, I sort of played a different sport every day of the week as a kid. Um, and each year I got older, I, I sort of fell in love with squash a little bit more and would drop one sport and pick up another day of squash until um, I was sort of it took over really traveling all over the place nationally and internationally. But um, the casino was a really special place because there's mm. probably, it must be the biggest junior program in the country with 250 um, juniors. And it, it was a very, it is a very close knit group of juniors. And so we would, I wasn't on court with a pro like with one, these one-on-one -on -one lessons. I was always like in a clinic, in a group setting. And then we would travel to tournaments sort of as a casino team. And I would just stay in the venue all day and cheer on the other casino members. And then mm. we'd go to dinner with all the families. And and it was like this little community that I loved. And, and, and those guys are still some of my best friends to date, but... Uh, it was, yeah, a magical place. I was, Brooklyn Heights is nice. I can walk everywhere. I could walk everywhere from when I was 10 by myself, really. So I could okay. go, go straight from school to the club, do my homework, have a snack, get a cookie at the bar and, and then play squash and, and right. uh, then go home for dinner around seven. Um, so I, I really grew up at the Heights Casino. <laughs> right, right on. Yep. Yeah, I, like I said, I remember uh, sort of the Heights Casino came to my attention at that time when uh, when JP uh, won his first big, big event. Uh, so who were the pros there when you were around? Because I know they had, uh, they had quite a few pretty good ones over the years. I think this Jonathan Power match was sort of just before my time. I, I sort of came onto the scene. In I dated myself there. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, probably like 2002 um but okay. i've i've seen the pictures and the infamous footage of it was spectacular they put a glass court in the tennis court and uh, yeah. 
they've never done anything like it since as much as I've uh, begged, but, um, well, you, I, I mean, you've been, uh, hey, hey, I was going to bring this up later, but I mean, you've had the opportunity to play there as a pro, haven't you, in the Carol uh, Waymuller uh, event. So uh, forget what I just asked you there. Uh, uh, the, the Carol Waymuller event has got to be, I guess, is that, that your favorite uh, event on, on the tour? It's got to be. It, it is far and away my favorite week on tour um, <laughs> since I was 10 years old watching it. <laughs> right. It. I mean, I was so lucky to to have that at my club, particularly a women's event um, of that mm. size. So a prolific so, one. Mm. Exactly. So when I was young, that that was like the biggest size tournament there was on tour. So we were attracting top ten, the top ten players um, at the time. And and even more special is it's a billeted tournament, even to this day. So there's no hotel, so players stay with families. Right. Um, so from, from that young age, we, we would always host, um, players every year and, and, uh, very randomly we were assigned Nicole David, um, stay with us. And, Mm. and the first year she stayed with, with us, she was 18, like before she was world number one and like way before her massive career (laughs) yeah Um, and and obviously at that point she's she's an 18 year old kid traveling the world and so so my parents are parenting her and and we'd watch movies and eat popcorn on her like illegal uh malaysian dvds i've never seen so (laughs) 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 but uh but yes so um that that was really lucky actually and ended up playing a huge role in my squash trajectory and wanting to be a pro playing with prince uh, where i travel I, I know you you played her uh, shortly before she retired didn't you i played her in, yeah in the pro event yeah professional tournament okay. um which what, was what, really- how, what did that mean uh, what how was that for you i mean it must have been emotional uh, a little bit it was it was so special um i think for both of us it, and it was actually funny we were rooming together at that tournament as well oh, okay. <laughs> even though we were playing each other um but it, i mean it didn't matter the number of times we sort of sh- shared a, a room or a house at that point um but yeah so so i was able to develop this special friendship with her sort of my squash idol from a young age she'd come back every year and stay with us for the Weimar and obviously she was getting better and better and bigger and bigger in the squash world but is the most sweet down-to-earth person there is and uh so it it worked out that I would actually go over and stay with her and her coach in the summers in Amsterdam to train sort of through my mid to late teenage years and play those European Liz Irving or yeah Yeah. exactly Hmm. and play those uh junior European tournaments um but I got like a really um unique view obviously into the life of a professional squash player at the top level um and was just massively inspired um and sort of from that point on the right way didn't she yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 
one of the, the most incredible things about her is just the fact I'm sure every squash player has a, a niggle here and there or an injury that, you know, we all do. Uh, but she never had a serious one uh, during her whole career. And that, that's a testament to, I guess, everything that she did to, to prepare for squash. Yes. I mean, so professional at every level from eating, sleeping, clothing, shoe wear, um, warm-ups, cool-downs, stretching, physio, massage, everything. Everything was attention to detail. Um, so, yeah, really inspirational. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you, you, you had that experience with her and at the Carol Way Mueller. Uh, that's great. Now, you uh, you also, another, another incredible part of your backstory is uh, – your experience with the U.S. Junior Women's Team, uh, the team that finished second yes. in the World Championship. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm Canadian. I, I just remember back in, you know, I'm gonna, uh, I'll just say it, back in the late '80s when I was a junior. Uh, you know, you had the U.S. wasn't really on the map at all back then in terms of, you know, you had some decent players, but over the years, slowly but surely, and then as uh, you know, top coaches ended up over there coaching, the, the roles have re reversed to a certain degree. But uh, I mean, and that, that, that's a testament to, to that right there. What do you remember about uh, that, that event? Uh, I guess it was with, uh, with Amanda as well, would have been on the team. Uh, she Amanda, did quite well in the junior in the, uh, yeah, Olivia, oh yeah, yeah. Amanda, Olivia, uh, and Sabrina. It was the four of us. Um, yeah. it, it was cool. It was a special event. It was, I believe it was meant to be in Cairo. And then last minute, um, it was moved to Boston because of sort of unrest in Egypt at the time. Um, and at that point, Amanda and I had both already committed to go to Harvard. Um, so it was cool because it was sort of our first time playing at our soon to be uh, home courts. Right. Um, but uh, I, it was, it was exciting. It was cool to be the host country um, for sure. It was cool because all of our family and friends could come and watch, whereas they never would have come um, to Egypt. And I did, I did really well in the individual event. Actually, I finished top eight, um, which was way ahead of my seating. So I was feeling good playing well. And then we went into this team event and uh, I don't really remember anything before the semifinals, but uh, we were playing India in the semifinal on the glass court and uh, Amanda was on first and, and won easily. Olivia was on second and lost when she wasn't meant to lose. And I remember sitting in the hallway, like getting ready to warm up, extremely nervous. Oh no. Um, thinking, oh my God, it's all on me. And, and it was a match that I, I wasn't meant to win on paper. Um, if you looked at the seatings, but I mean, I was playing well. I just massively yeah. upset the seatings to make the last eight. and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I won three one, and it it was crazy. It was it was super exciting. It was the only time in my life I've seen my dad cry, um, 
because he was so happy and proud. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet memory. Um, And uh, yeah, awesome experience. We, we lost to Egypt in the final. Um, Two, I don't even know the score. Three love, two, one. I didn't, I didn't even play. So it must've been two love and they didn't play the dead rubber sort of thing. Um, But I think it's still still to date the U.S. junior team's best finish, men or women. Yeah, it is. It is. Which That's is my, my research team tells me that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Uh, I mean, that, that's a fantastic result and uh, a great backstory for you. But then, and as you just mentioned, after that, you had uh, uh, you went to Harvard, where you spent uh, four, I guess, four years with uh, the, the the great legend uh, Mike Way. The, uh, from the UK, but the uh, Canada. Uh, I, yeah. I've met Mike several times, and uh, I mean, obviously, we know what he did with um, with Jonathan, but uh, he's done an incredible job over at Harvard uh, since then. I mean, I'm not sure how many uh, national championships in a row he they've won, but uh, you were part of many of those. So, uh, what was it? Uh, what tell tell us about the the genius of Mike? Because I just remember, I remember very like it was yesterday he came he was at my club and and uh, we had a men's provincial team i was on the nova scotia provincial team and uh he came in and just gave a session and uh he he, he was making fun of my footwork the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he said uh, uh, he said my head, i had heavy feet so uh, <laughs> that sounds like sounds like him okay uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i've gotten the same the same a few times um, no, I mean, he's a hugely special person and, and played a huge role in, in um, my development as a player. I, I think more than anything at Harvard in the university setting, uh, you're, you're already given these players with technique and, and athleticism, and, and there's not a whole lot of coaching that needs to be done necessarily and it's a lot more um bringing the team together and the mindset and and wanting to play for each other it for most people it's new to play squash as a team sport versus individual and and he's just amazing at sort of creating that team environment and developing players um mental side of the game and Mm. and uh i think that's his real strength um obviously he has this massive squash uh brain but more than anyone i've ever met he loves to analyze any squash all squash he doesn't care and he's the ultimate squash nerd um but it was it was very much you go see him if you want it it was self-driven there, there's too many players on a college squash team for him to just dive into breaking everyone's right. game down. Um, so how many players? Is it uh, 11? Is that? So, that so ten, right? nine play, nine count, 10 play, but both right. teams are probably 15 to 20 members. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so at any given time, he's, he's looking at sort of, 25 to 40 athletes um, and trying to manage 
academics and, and making sure everyone's comfortable and homesickness and, and all sorts. Mm. And, and so it's, it's yeah, too it's much. It's such a dynamic team, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, uh, I think it was, who was it? Paul Asciante, I was speaking to him. And he was saying he had to know 11 languages or something in order to communicate with his team. Definitely at Trinity, yeah. And, and Harvard's getting more and more international every year. Um, so, so the squash side of things was, was definitely self-driven. Um, I of course knew that I wanted to turn pro afterwards and, and so sort of cherished every, um, bit of coaching and advice I could get out of him. And, and he was always happy to give and, and I'd go in the mornings and get extra sessions. Um, I'd stay late and, and I definitely took advantage of it. And, mm. uh, I still talk to him um now about my squash about life in general as well he sort of yeah. turned into like well he loves to have a beer too doesn't he yeah a guinness a, a guinness. guinness yeah he loves to have a guinness and so yeah. those are the opportunities to really sit down and yeah. uh you know have a good time with mike absolutely <laughs> Yeah. Well, those must have been fantastic years for you. But uh, now if we turn the page uh, to the present, I, I, I think you've got a pretty decent uh, Twitter and Instagram game, uh, Haley. Uh, not, not quite up to speed with, uh, with Amanda in terms of the Twitter. She, she's pretty prolific on the she Twitter. Is. But, uh, yeah. but uh, I did notice, uh, uh, thanks to your Instagram uh, game, the, the, uh, the Thanksgiving uh, day that you had this year. Uh, with um, with uh, with Nathan. So, uh, how about that? Congratulations! Thank you. Yes, newly engaged. Um, By the way, yeah. I'm just just to say this. Uh, Nathan, uh, uh, I've watched a few of his matches over the last little while, and uh, I'm a taller guy, heavy footed, as I mentioned earlier, um, and I really uh, really like his game. Uh, he's he moves. For a guy that big, moves really well and hits the ball. I mean, as you know, he's got great feel, great touch for the for the ball for a big guy. So uh, aside, yeah. uh, that's that's just an aside. Uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> squash nerd um, and has analyzed every part of his swing and his footwork and everything. And so he he uh, has lovely technique and um, yes. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we met at my first World Juniors um, in Chennai. He was playing for England. I was playing for the U.S. In, I don't know what year. I was 15. He was 16. That's when we first met on the shuttle bus from the hotel to the courts. Um, oh, wow. And, and uh, sort of stayed in touch ever since and, and saw each other at all these international junior tournaments. And then once he turned pro, sort of any time he played a tournament in the States, um, we'd make an effort to connect. And, and then once I turned pro and joined the tour, we officially started dating, so to speak, um, five years ago. And this Thanksgiving, he proposed. <laughs> and I said, yes. yes. So it, it's uh yes the, the beginning of a new adventure but um awesome. well the, i like i like the the pictures that you showed it, it sort of looked like he uh he planned it like you get you went for a hike with your dog or something 
Exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, it was funny the way it all worked out. I was in a horrible mood, like close <laughs> to tears because I couldn't go home for American. Like we couldn't be with my family for American Thanksgiving in the States. And the, the UK was in that second lockdown. So we couldn't even sort of celebrate with friends and family here for Thanksgiving. And, and he kept saying, come on, like, let's get some fresh air. Uh, you'll feel better if we go for a walk. And, and this sort of hike that goes yeah. up, the, up the hill overlooking the town that we do sort of a few times a month. So, so yeah. it, it doesn't sound like it was contrived. Or anything. It was, uh, no, exactly. It was, yeah. it, it felt normal. And, <laughs> but he was, he was basically dragging me. I did not want to go. And then finally we got to the base of the hill and I was like, let's do a different route. Let's do the shorter version. I don't want to go all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. like, no, we have to go to the top. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go. And, so we went extremely slowly and uh, and we had to go this way because he actually had um, my coach at the top hiding, hiding in the bushes with her camera. So that's how we had these pictures and why we had to take this certain route and, yeah. and this whole thing. And, and uh, yeah, well, that's, that's sweet. Very sweet. Yes. Yeah. And, and the dog came along your dog. Yes. What, what's your dog's yes. name? Uh, Charlie. Charlie. Okay, my dog's right here sleeping, uh, listening to our conversation. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, yes, he did very well. And then it's even more than the moment. It's been so nice getting to tell um, all of our our friends and family in the squash community, and everybody I think is in desperate need of some good news. So so they've oh, been. Yeah hugely happy for us and and so it's been really special sharing the news yeah under the circumstances uh, i think nathan pulled off a real one of one of the more memorable uh proposal uh, uh yeah yeah uh, situations and nice in 2020 with uh, some good news absolutely now uh, uh what i thought also was quite interesting was you guys tend to you guys train together a little bit you guys play some you get some practice matches in we do. We play together a lot, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how does that usually go? <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Um, it's very heated. I will be mm. I'll be honest. Um, for for two players that I think pride ourselves in our sportsmanlike uh, behavior mm. on the tour, <laughs> there's quite a bit of um, bargy Yes, back talk and, and shouting a few a few swear words. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, we we play and, and if I get two bounces, um, you get two, do you? I get two bounces if and when I want to use them. So so maybe once or twice a rally, I'll pick up a shot on two bounces. That that makes it even for us. So, so is, it, that, it, is that is that like? you get one, two bounce per rally or is, is there a number on that? Or is that, There's that's no actually a good, a good conditioning game sometimes I would imagine. Oh yeah. Um, there's, there's no number for, for us. And, and so there's definitely strategy and um, frankly, it depends on my energy levels. What, what's going to happen. I can either take everything off of two bounces and right. 
uh, it is extremely long rallies, very long. And so that's like a different type of fitness, or I can go for it and try and play regular regularly, which is more beneficial to my training probably yeah. or my, my squash. Specific yeah. You don't training. want to get, you don't want to rely too much on the double on two balance. No, yeah. no. But, um, <laughs> but it, but it makes, it makes it very even. Um, and I, and I know a couple of other um, squash couples do this as well and, and find it is uh, a good equalizer. Um, Ali and Nor do it. Yeah. Uh, Nayla and Paul do it. Uh, and I think Donna and Greg have told us they've tried it since, <laughs> since, um, so it actually is a very good equalizer and, and it's a, a good practice match for both of us. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I did know you, you tend to throw, uh, get some rackets, uh, throwing rackets and stuff, uh, on the court as well. Does that, does that happen on occasion? On occasion, yes, yes. I think we we do well to have. You've got a good sponsor. You've got a couple of good sponsors, though, right? So you're you're okay. Yes. I was also I was really impressed with your homepage, uh, Haley. You've got a great looking homepage. Uh, Thank you. All I yeah, I really didn't need to do uh, to dig dig too deeply uh, to find what I needed to. I made a real effort. I mean, did you design it yourself or? I did, yeah. So I made my website. I, I maintained my website. Um, I made a real effort when I was graduating from school. It, it. I mean, frankly, it was hard to graduate from from Harvard and choose to play professional squash rather than going down a more traditional um, career path, which all my friends were doing. And and coming from New York City, a lot of people are mm-hmm. like what are you doing? Why, why aren't you going to business school, working on wall street, like consulting, whatever. Um, but I made a, a real conscious effort to try and be as professional as I possibly could um, in, in my squash in every sense of the word. So one of the first things I did was um, design this website. I made business cards that I hand out at the club and, and to people I give lessons to. I, um, does, I had a logo designed. I had some like hats and, and apparel made and, and, uh, what did you uh, study at Harvard? Uh, I studied, uh, human evolutionary biology and, and I was pre-med. So I thought I was going to go to medical school. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you can I still do that. I'm sure if you, uh, when, I when you finish up I your, could, your pro yeah. career. Yeah. Um, I doubt it at this point. I, I actually took the MCAT as well. And that was one of the harder things I've ever done. Um, yeah. That score is only valid for five years. So it has since expired. So you're not looking forward to doing that again. I don't intend to do it again at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, just, just talking about Nathan's game just a little bit. I mean, like I said, I watched his match um, against Gregoire. He played in the first round, I think it was the first round of uh, the black ball. And he played, you know, he, you know, Gregoire is a pretty quick guy, uh, sort of contrasting styles uh, there. But uh, like I said, I really enjoy uh, his style of play. He's pretty smooth around the court for a big guy. And he moves the ball around really well, doesn't he? Absolutely. Um, I mean, like I said, he has beautiful technique, I think. He's left-handed, so that's harder yeah. to play as it is. 
Um, and the amount of footage he has watched of players like Chris Dittmar or James Wilstrop, like these, these big skilled players um, is ridiculous. So he's, he's sort of mimics his game um, on them, but, but that being said, he's, made a real uh, just my, to my eye he's a little bit different than both of them though because he looks like the way he moves he, he moves so it's not like he's not like lumbering around like chris and he's not sorry i think james is a little you know he gets to everything when he's moving well but it doesn't yeah. always look great but yeah Nathan looks good when he's moving yeah yes i mean so that's that's who he sort of initially has has base the foundations, I guess, of his, his game and style of play on initially. But in the last sort of year in particular, he's made a real effort to sort of maximize uh, the efficiency of his movement. Um, and I think you can see that he gets way more balls back than people might expect, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a crazy ability to push himself when he's hurting <laughs> and, and fatigued and in pain. Um, that's, that's wildly impressive, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say, I'm sure he's going to f- uh, feel super happy to hear you say that you think he's moving well because that's what he's been working on. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I'd like to be able to move like that. Although my, you know, being in my 50, early fifties, I'm not sure if uh, Benjamin Button uh, is going to be coming around uh, anytime <laughs> soon. But, um, but uh, Haley, uh, I really appreciated your, your time for the podcast today. And, uh, you know, congratulations on your upcoming, uh, your marriage with, with uh, Nathan. You guys both have uh, some good squash years ahead of you. Keep working hard. And uh, I'm sure you're going to make that next step, top 30, top 20 in the rankings. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Thanks to Haley for that. That was really good. And all the best to her and Nathan going forward and also to Haley's uh, squash career again. uh, She's she's at 40 uh, in the world right now. Really, really intriguing place to be in the women's ranking because there's so many uh, talented uh, girls coming through, Haley being one of them. So uh, all the best to her in 2021 and all the best to you in 2021. I want to thank everybody uh, for listening this year. Uh, It's been a great year for the podcast. We've really grown. We've had some great guests. I want to thank all the guests uh, who've come on and uh, uh, done the podcast this year. It's been a fantastic one. I've learned a lot. It's been a lot of fun and I want to keep this going into uh, 2021. So thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to all the guests. I think we still have one more podcast, so I won't, uh, uh, you know, I'll save uh, my goodbyes to 2020 uh, for that one. Uh, hopefully that comes through uh, before the end of the year. So at any rate, everybody, thank you again for listening. Good luck with your squash, the final days of your, your squash for this year. I hope you get out, get a chance to play uh You know, we're going to put on a bit of Christmas pudding, so hopefully uh, we'll get the opportunity to play during and through uh, Christmas so we can handle uh, the extra weight and deal with that. But uh, anyways, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care. All the best. And uh, season's greetings to you uh, and your families. Goodbye now.